Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 66. Obviously, Mario Lemieux. You can only say that one. Can we think of another 66? 66 is a bunch of NFL players. Yeah. I know an offensive lineman. All linemen. David DeCastro is a 66. Fair enough. No, I feel like we just got to give honor to Super Mario. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's the most obvious that comes to mind. And it's very hard to think of anything you know, outside of him. But I'm sure there's been dozens of good offensive linemen in the NFL that wore 66. Are there other si- any other 66s in the NHL? They didn't retire the number league-wide. I'm not sure, but like it, disrespect. It, it's yeah, it's like a disrespectful one where you wouldn't you wouldn't dare wear a 66, I think. I'd be floored if there's another 66 in the NHL. Like absolutely floored if that's the oh case. Oh my god, you know who wore number 66? <laughs> I have any Josh. <laughs> yeah. Who? Josh Hosang. Oh, Josh Hosang, yes. The first artist. The local boy. Mario Lemieux is okay with Josh Hosang wearing number 66. Hmm. There's just a bunch of writers saying, there's just a bunch of written articles saying like, you don't wear number 66. What is Hosang doing? Yeah, that's uh, true disrespect. True disrespect. It is what it is. It is what it is. This episode of Circles Off is sponsored by the Power Rank Sports Betting Newsletter. It's valuable, concise, and entertaining. Dr. Ed Fang, who we've had on the program before, makes this his three goals with every correspondence that he has. Mostly covers the NFL and college football. Ed is a friend of mine. He's a data scientist. A lot of his opinions have informed my decision-making and my betting in the past. You can check out his stuff and his new le- newsletter at thepowerrank.com. Johnny, we'll get into some NFL topic here. We got to address that. We did sell out. We took a sponsor. Okay. However, it's Zed Fang. Check out his stuff. Yeah. It's a sponsor for the show. It's brought to you by Ed Fang's newsletter, but also we wouldn't take a sponsor from something we didn't believe in. So go check it out. We talked about this with Ed Fang when we had him on before, but he did some work into turnover worthy plays back in the day and predicting quarterbacks interceptions going forwards. Uh, It was an article, I think during Carson Wentz's rookie year, which talked about the amount of turnover worthy plays he had and how he would kind of come back down to earth. That was an eye opener for me. Uh, I'm a, member of Ed's newsletter. I think there's a lot of valuable stuff in there. And I like to promote stuff that I feel is valuable to sports bettors. Uh, We are going to get into an educational topic on this episode, which can pertain to NFL and college football, which is how to read an odd screen. It's a question that's come up quite a bit nowadays with the amount of different odd screens in the space. Before we do, I don't want to make this a super heavy episode, um, but... It's not news to a lot of people who are listening to this. It might be news to some. A good friend of mine passed away a couple nights ago, Alan Denkinson, Dinky. Uh, We've had him on Circles Off during the Super Bowl to give out a Super Bowl prop bet before. I just wanted to offer my condolences to anyone that that has affected. Um, Dink was just a a true legend, but a great person. Um, I met him in roughly 2015 or so when he had me on the EOG uh, radio hour, Ion Gaming. We developed a very good friendship. We talked pretty much every day about hockey during hockey season, back and forth. Uh, And he's remained a friend of mine ever since. Used to come pick me up on strip in Vegas in his red Kia, take me to his favorite Italian restaurant where we would chat about games. He would check scores about 45 minutes of the time during dinner. 
was impossible for him not to check scores for more than five seconds. Anyone who knew Dinky knew that. Uh, but I would, you know, consider this, um, you know, a celebration of his life. He lived a great life. Uh, you can see the legacy that he's going to leave behind as a very popular person, uh, someone who is known for the respect that he gave uh, to other people and just for his overall personality. So rest in peace, Dink. Um, great person. I know, Johnny, you've had the the honor of chatting with him as well. Uh, maybe he doesn't hit, uh, um, hit with you as much as it does with me, but uh, Guy is an absolute legend. Condolences for sure to Dink and uh, to all of his loved ones as well. Um, now Dink was out in Vegas. Uh, last time I saw him was out in Vegas was great. Um, got a chance to catch up with him. Um, this wasn't sudden or anything like that. So at least I've been able to process this, this for a while. Um, but nevertheless, it does sting losing a friend. He's double my age. Feels like a brother to me. Um, that's it. We'll move on. Um, don't want to make this, you know, like I said, a, a huge, heavy hitting episode, I am coming off a. You were a, in Vegas. You a, were in Vegas. A, a great fun week in Vegas with um, a lot of people um, that I had met through Dink as mutual contacts. A lot of people that I'm just meeting for the first time, uh, coming back from Circa Millions sign up weekend. I gotta say, Circa is not paying me to say this. I'll be very clear about this. If I were to ever move to Vegas, I would just move into the Circa. Like I would stay at the Circa Hotel permanently. I absolutely love that spot. There is so much to do there. The food is great. The sports book is great. You see people regularly rolling in through that sports book. They treat me like royalty as well. Uh, shout out to Jeff Benson, who is a uh, class act overall, always opening, asking me at least if I'd like to sit in the VIP area. I don't usually take them up on that offer. I like to be you know, with the people slumming it up sweating out the games like in in more of a crowd man of the people i'm a man of the people a man of the people also my last memory of being in the vip area at circa was watching the leafs lose game seven um where i just kind of sat there silently for half an hour after the fact so uh great weekend aside from adam chernoff being the alt like he he might work for circa as the cooler at the casino i don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie the cooler but I'm just sitting down, having like a great blackjack blackjack session. All of a sudden, Chernoff walks over, grabs a seat. I have never gone on such a bad run of blackjack in my life until Chernoff sat down. To the point where the dealers at Circa were honestly mocking me. They were like, oh, I've never seen someone. Like one dealer said, I've never seen someone this bad at this game. He knew I would take it well. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of a bloodbath that night overall though. Very good event. Uh, I did see churn off along with Chris Bennett, who is a former guest on the show, Brian Urlacher, Sean King do a, a football panel. It was pretty interesting. Got to meet Eric eager, former guest of the show from pro, pro football focus in person. Absolutely. Exactly what I expected. Is that a good thing? or <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. No, I, I, I'm I assuming he was a good thing. I see Eric Eager walking in from Stadium Swim in like his, you know, sleeveless shirt and bathing suit, sitting down at a blackjack table. Obviously, I've had, had a few at that time. But uh, great dude overall. It's just a, a, a fantastic weekend. I, I, li- I love networking events. I know you do too. It's uh, Oh, yeah. We got we to gotta set something up soon. 
Like Bet Bash 3 has to happen soon. In Canada. Sure. Anywhere. I don't care. I'll go. Nah, nah. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Obviously, networking's massive. Get to meet people. Like, we live in this community where it's crazy. Like, a lot of friends I've made over the past, like, call it five years, have actually been from, like, just Twitter, which is hilarious because I don't, I don't even have a Twitter under my own name. And that's actually how, like, Rob and I met, for example. Like, it's crazy, but you you meet actual people and then you're like, ah, oh, this guy, this guy or girl seems like a good person. And then it sometimes could be like two years, three, five years before you even ever meet him in person. And by the time you have, you're like, I feel like I know everything about this guy. I've talked to him on here, messaged back and forth, done this podcast together. I've listened to a thousand pieces of content he, he's did, but then you never actually just grab the drink at the bar. And it's, it's oftentimes it's pretty funny, actually. When we did the uh, Circa Millions um, ep- like preview uh, and the strategy show where we had Derek Stevens on, uh, we talked about how they had like the quarterly boob, not the quarterly, but the booby prize overall, where if you come last place, you win a certain amount of money. So not my first time meeting him, but like second, I have to point out I'm horrible with names. Like I'm really, really bad with names. So apologies to whoever I'm talking about. I should remember your name. I've met you multiple times. You even bought me a drink. Great dude. But I ran into this guy again who won the booby in the Circa Millions two years ago. And I was talking to him about it. I'm like, how like how soon did you pivot to to trying to come in last place? He's like, I had two entries. I, in, the, in week one, I went one and four with one entry. I went 0 and five with the other. So I decided the one and four entry, I was going to try to win. And the 0 and five, I was going to try to lose. So it's like each week I was making picks that were opposite of the other and so on and so forth. Um, and then like, Obviously, you're going to take really bad lines relative to what the market is when you're in the own five. But he went the whole year of like not, you know, he had opposite outcomes in a lot of his things. He ended up cashing with one entry, like an actual cash with like a 63% record. And then like it finishes dead last with the other. Uh, Amazing story. I often wondered how how quickly people, like I've heard heard Joe Pita on... um, on Gil Alexander's podcast or uh, or show on Vison talk about how he like intentionally went 0 and 15 to start a year before. I don't know how much I buy that. I'm just going to call it out for what it is. But this guy was very adamant like, yeah, I was 0 and 5, like you're not going to win the circa millions with an 0 and 5 week. You could theoretically, but it's it's going to be very difficult. Well, he won with a 1 and 4 weeks. So yeah. Same almost the same. Well, he shit. cashed. He cashed yeah, with that's a 1 and 4. Cashed, yeah. yeah. But he's just like, yeah, I just decided I was going to pivot right away. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, you you kind of have to. Like, if you're 0-5 and, and you're like, well, you can take legitimately, like, bad lines, like, off-market lines in a bad way. Yes. So it, it, there is there is something you could do to, like, try to lose. It's not like you're – it's not like people can't be like, well, of course you're trying to lose, like, it's bullshit. No, like, you could, you could try to lose. Like, you could definitely put in bad numbers that have moved against the line and take the wrong side. Right. So when, when Circa releases their line set, they're going to release – static lines right so if they release a game that's minus four and by the time you have to submit your picks that game is now minus seven you can pick the opposite of that game take a horrible price uh, and put yourself in a position to lose so there's definitely strategy it's why i do love that contest um but yeah blast in vegas um did a couple things in the vsin studios one with jonathan von tobel i hope i pronounce his name right on 
Sunday, again, horrible with names. I'm going to butcher names. I forget people's names. It is what it is. Uh, and then Gil Alexander, my first time uh, doing his show, was in studio at the South Point on the morning that I flew out. So I kind of had to wake up early, hightail it to the South Point, which is quite a ways from Circa in traffic. What's, is Gil's first name just Gil? I... I I believe. I don't know if it's an. Is I don't know if it's an alias or not. I honestly don't know if that's his real name or not. I don't know, but I think it's just Gil. I mean, Gil is short form for Gilbert, right? Like, is there another Gil? Gilberto, you know, like they're, they're, Gillian. Well, Gil, Gillian, yeah, but is Gillian like a male? Like, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's a common male name. Is he canceled or? No, no. I, I'm saying, like, I, I think of, well, not Gil. I think of like Jillian. Fair enough. Like Jillian Anderson from the X-Files, who I had a thing for for many, many years. Okay, are we going to get into the odd screen? Yeah, let's get into enough, the odd screen. Enough uh, garbage that we're just <laughs> spewing out here. Okay. Uh, for, so For the past like, two, five minutes. This is, this is um, we, we do tailor a lot of topics on this show uh, around like seasonality, but also requests. And we do have a lot of odd screens in the space now. Obviously, traditionally in the past, you would have had your Don Best um, which is kind of losing popularity. Is Don his real name or is it Donald? No, I'm just kidding. Donnie? Donnie Brooke? Donnie Donald Brooke Best. Best. Um, yes, and now we have obviously the Bet Stamp odd screen. We have Unabated. We have Spank Odds, which just launched in beta, which I've been testing out over the course of this week. So it is a pretty topical conversation nowadays. And uh, there is no one like perfect way to use an odd screen. But we can kind of break it down for you and I can break it down for you in the in the way that I like to typically set up an odd screen and use it. But overall, for those that don't know, an odd screen is going to display odds from numerous sports books, usually in some sort of table format on desktop. Um, and what you're going to use it for is basically to process info in real time or process data in real time, see what every single book is at. Um, it's a tool to inform decision making. When it comes to sports betting, not everyone's going to use it in the same way. Some are going to be glued to an odd screen for the entire day, for the entirety of their day, because it's very valuable that they're in tune with things in real time. Some will check in here and there whenever they're going to place a bet in order to find a book that's offering the best price. But all these different odd screens um, have things that are pros or cons, or let's say advantages or disadvantages uh, relative to other odd screens. There are way more out there. A lot of them are on delay. So it's a very important distinction when someone is going to use an odd screen to know whether they are on a delay or not. Uh, usually the ones on delay are just monetizing via affiliate traffic. That's like the vast majority uh, of sites that are out there that have delayed odds. Um, there's other websites who have closer to real-time feeds. They usually come at a subscription cost. They don't always come at a subscription cost. Um, in some cases, like BetStamp, free. Um, but what you're immediately going to want to do is configure your screen, no matter where you're betting at. So we might do this differently, but I like to create a sharp versus recreational view on my screen. So for me... The biggest distinction that I like to make when I'm setting up an odd screen is what are the books that are taking heavy bets on a game? That could be offshore, regulated, whatever. And then what are the books that are not taking heavy bets on a game? And I like to separate. 
because typically when I'm using an odd screen, I want those sharper books to be, I don't want to say I want them to be, they're closer to the source of the truth than the, the rest. For sure. Agreed, right? Yeah, for sure. So to me, there's ne- there's a number of different ways I've seen people set this up. And this is a matter of personal preference. You go left to right? I go left to right. What's your first book? My first book depends on the, uh, but usually it's Bet Chris or the PPH version, the agent credit account, which is 411. Um, that's all, almost always my first book because usually they're taking the biggest limits on any game. 100%. That's where it starts for me. Now, like some people like to configure like an opener column on some books so that they can see, oh, like how the line has moved so far or whatever. Personally, I find it to be useless largely useless i actually agree but there's some scenarios in which you'd want to use the opener it, it, so like if if you are going to use the opener on your screen i would highly suggest you do this with the book that opens at the highest limits like set your your opener to be the book that opened taking the biggest bet yeah but you don't even really need the opener for stuff like for the same day games maybe but for the um like nfl like if you're doesn't really matter what the game opened at to be honest for me at least I agree with you because it, like that that's having consulted for books and seeing how NFL traders like open the games, they almost don't even care what the number is because t- there's such little exposure on the book's end at the start that it doesn't even really matter what the opener is. It's just some random guy's opinion. He's like, yeah, we're going to send it out. Like we, we've, we talked to Chris Bennett weeks ago, Circa, big sports book, where he also talked about the fact like, yeah, you know, we just send the number out there. It's like no sophisticated process because there's no liability. It's not like they're taking a hundred K bet out of the game, uh, out of the gate, taking a small bet. And eventually enough bets are going to come in at a small amount that they're going to say, Hey, like we're going to move the line, right? Like it doesn't, the, the opener is largely irrelevant. Yeah. You got to go for the books that like don't limit players first. Those are going to be the ones that are the sharpest numbers. So you're looking at like, like I would, I would personally go like typically like Chris Penny, Bet Online Circa Nevada. Yes. As the four. Yes. Um, not that Bet Online doesn't like restrict their limit, but it's like a much lesser scale. And for the most part, it'll still take a pop on the major markets. Although obviously certain sites of the certain parts of the site will definitely limit. Um, so yeah, if you go those four, then now that's like a reference point, I think, if most people would say. Yeah. So that's a good way to put it. You go descending by limits, essentially. Either that or just like whatever you feel comfortable with or like whatever you have access to as well. Like some people don't have access to certain accounts and like it's kind of a waste of time to have them on your screen unless they are like a, if they're a sharp book, you want to use them for reference. Yeah, but if if it's not a sharp book and you don't have access to it, like I don't find any value to leave that on the screen. So I completely agree there. So I, I guess now that I think about it, I am organizing descending by limits for the most part. Um, and... I will always have those sharp books up, even if I didn't have access. Like if another sharp book came up, let's just say randomly, okay, Asian market, UK or something like that, taking a massive bet and I can't access it, I would still include it in my screen no matter what, because I want to know when that moves and that's going to create opportunity at the other books, essentially. Probably. In Probably, most cases. but yeah, it depends on what sport and everything like that, obviously. Right. Now, there's other people that I've seen that like to organize their screen by margin as well, like low margin to high margin. So they'll put their low VIG books on the left-hand side. I personally never really understood the use for that 
but I've seen it happen a ton. I guess it's people that are extremely price sensitive that really just want that in their visibility at all times. But I mean, when you're using like a large monitor or something like that, you can really get a lot of visibility on all the books. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about how I would set it up from the start. I'll use Betstamp for an example. I think it's an amazing odd screen. It's free to use, obviously. So, um, you know, no risk there. What I would do is I would start by, um, obviously, when you select your uh, region for Betstamp, that's going to be important given that certain books are not available in certain regions, right? So if you're in Ontario, um, I'll give an example like Superbook or WinBet. Like those books are not available here. Um, they're not necessarily the squarest books. They're not necessarily the sharpest books. You probably don't need those on your odd screen. It's just going to muddy it up. Me personally, I'm a very like, uh, I want it to be as clean as possible. I yep. want to make sure like everything on there, I'm either using for something or I have a, an account there where I could potentially bet that. So what I would do to start though, um, is you don't know which books you can and can't have accounts with unless you actually look. So what I would say is what you're going to want to do is uh, open open Betstamp, set your region to Ontario, for example, and then leave all of the books on your odd screen. Just leave them all on there. Even if you don't have accounts with some, with some of them, leave them on. What you're going to want to do then is as you're starting to bet for one day and you see what plays you want, check which accounts have the best available on them. And if they don't, if you don't have an account there, go actually sign up at that account because then it's highly likely that you're going to use it in the future, right? So if something comes up and you're like, okay, best price is currently available at, um, you know, I don't love referencing books, but let's say like best price is available at Sports Interaction. Just sign up for an account at Sports Interaction. You can bet that best price there, but then also chances are you're going to have a couple more scenarios in the future where it's the best price. So don't like, don't just set up your odd screen and say, here are the books I have. Leave every book on there. Yes. And then just leave it for like a week. See which ones you would have potentially used. Open those ones. And then if you're done there, like I've had this for a week. I've never used this book. It's never come up on best available for any of the sports I bet. Then obviously just remove that from the odd screen and make it clean. So that's what I would do. Another thing you can do. So that's even a plug for us. Um, like our odd screen is 100% free to use. We're going to keep it free. We're never going to charge you guys for it. Um, so what we do ask is um, at the top of the odd screen, you can link out directly by clicking on the logo of the book and it's an affiliate code to that sports book. And then we would get a commission uh, for that. We, we just get a flat fee, a certain dollar amount. doesn't matter if you're winning, losing, whatever. We just get a flat fee uh, from the sports book. So again, it is a plug, but it's a fair game. Like support, support the screen, support everything. We, we are launching a futures comparison tool and we've got the best player props comparison tool on the market. We pull the player props from every single book. Barely anybody does this. No one in Canada has this. Uh, no one has as many books as we do. Obviously, that's a lot of maintenance work. We've got two full-time people working on like the scripts and stuff like that. It helps us obviously keep the lights on. We do make money off it. We're open with you guys, but hit the links through us. It gives you zero downside to do so and obviously helps us improve that product and continue to build out uh, features like futures and stuff like that. But plug over this episode brought to you by Ed Fang, as well as brought to you by bet stamps, odd screen sign up, please help us out. Uh, and then, but my, my point remains is like, don't just put the books when you're picking up your books to set up. Don't just put the ones that you have accounts with. Yeah. Leave agree more that. than that on. Cause you might see some more stuff. Whether or not I had a vested interest in promoting bet stamp or not, I would be advising the exact same thing regardless. Uh, I think that's like the biggest mistake people make immediately out of the gate is they try to set up the for for 99% of people 
this is a real thing where they just try to set it up based off of their current setup. I have these four books. I'm going to set up my odd screen to cater to these four books. And you leave so much on the table. Like there's an opportunity cost in doing that because you're never going to see the lines from the other books. And there could be one way off market that's way better price where you should be betting at that book and you'll never see it. So like this is just, you know, for a seasoned better who's been betting for like a long time and they, you know, they, you have it down to a science. Okay, set it up however you want. For someone who's who's just starting out using an odd screen, that's definitely huge. But uh, I mean, the biggest way to capitalize, and this does not involve being a, a, a hawk and twenty four seven at your computer. You could literally tune. You know, you can go for a round of golf in the morning, come home, and then just pull up an odd screen and still be able to capitalize. Here is paying attention to the differences between the sharp and recreational sports books. By far the easiest way to capitalize. Now, Betstamp and other sites as well do have a best available column um, right on the left-hand side of the screen. If you just look at that best available column and you see a sports book that is not a sharp book and you compare it to the sharp books and now say, this number does not come close to matching those, that's where you're going to find really good bets without having to do pretty much any work. Literally, you can spend two minutes a day. We talked about this in the in the NFL strategy episode as well, where I talked about uh, there's going to be people who, who spend two hours a day working on handicapping the NFL. You can literally let other people do the work for you because there are going to be people in market who bet and there's going to be sports books that don't move the prices quick enough. It's fine to pick off the lines. Leads to potential issues down the road. However, if you can find a spot where a sharp and recreational sports book are stuck on vastly different prices for a longer period of time, you have a great bet on your hands pretty much every time. We have people in this office that bet exclusively that way that have gone from, let's just say people that I would book in one instant to people who win at betting. It is your single biggest chance of success. And this is one of the most effective ways to use an odd screen. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to only do that, or that's your only way of betting. You can use an odd screen to, to simply say, I like this side in a game. I want to monitor where the line movements are going. I want to see what different books are at. I want to see where I should place my bet. There's lots of ways you can do it. But for those out there that just want a simple way to get plus EV bets, it's the simplest way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I always say the the thing with betting is like it should be some sort of fun unless you're actually trying to do it like to make real money and actually like supplement your income. Then really like you should use the odd shopping as a way to like have additional fun. So it's like, yeah, maybe I don't want to find around and bet on random stuff and random plays all the time, whatever. But if you like, like if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're heading to the game tonight, like go to the Blue Jays game and then like find a bet based on that agreed so it's like a mix of both that and recreational stuff like you you don't have to just use the odd screen and like grind out plays like that but if you use it in conjunction like okay i really like the i i need to play on the jays game because i'm going to the jays game i need five bets on the game right then go to the odd screen and then do that if you don't care what you're betting if you if you don't care if you have Vlad Guerrero homer or Bo Bichette homer or Alejandro Kirk homer then you can actually start having some value if you're dead set on only one play 
not going to have as much value. Agreed. Uh, listen, I, the reason I suggest it this way is I, you've, you've said this before, and I think it's a great point to hit home on, which is like sports bet. People often say sports betting, it's, it's enter- entertainment value, right? It's not a lot of entertainment value when you're regularly losing as a sports bet. No, no one ever had fun losing. And if you, you're going to say to yourself right now, you're going to be like, nah, Johnny, that's not true. Like I, I watched this game and I lost money. and I, You didn't have fun. Stop it. Stop yeah. lying. To Those NFL Sundays where you go like two and seven and you're sitting on your, your couch before Sunday night football and you're like, oh, what an awful, like, yeah, you watched NFL you for the fun. day, but it, it wasn't a fun experience with when, when all those games went against you. So, um, the, the reason like you, I've seen people firsthand start to get like involved in new sports. It's fun when you're, when you're placing good bets and you know that you good you have good value on those bets. You place a, place a bet at minus three and it closes minus four. You feel good about your bet going in. You might watch a WNBA game. You might watch a, a soccer game that you never would have watched before. You might watch any sort of sport that you traditionally wouldn't have watched because you've now made a good bet. That makes it so much more entertaining. Like that, that's my prerogative on it, right? Like I'll bet on anything and then it, it makes it more entertaining to watch as long as I feel like I have a good bet. So I think that's very important. Now there's, there's more nuances in the, the odd screen space, um, like monitoring line movement and how you can tell something is like how influential a move is. Um, some of you who, who watch this may have seen the right angle sports release shows that Adam Chernoff does, um, which the market just like absolutely lights up. Like you, you see the spank odds live screen, boom, 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 color changes everywhere. That's an extremely influential line move. Let's give a, a difference here. So our odd screen at Betstamp is more, I wouldn't say for recreational use. I say it's for a different type of better. So you're not going to look at Betstamp and then see like bet Chris is moving down down, 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 down. I got to go quick. You're not going to flag the line moves off that. And the reason is like by design, our odds screen is slightly delayed. Some books are real time, direct plugin. Some are like five second, 10 second delay. Um, but also it's web-based. Anything that's web-based is just from like a development perspective. Anything that's web-based is never going to be actually real time because you need to submit like a web call and I'm not a developer or anything like that, but it's not going to actually be directly, like directly there. So that's why you look at our friend Spanky who recently launched his odd service. Like it's not web-based. You have to download it as pretty much a Microsoft access file. That's a JavaScript, yep. like a Java thing. Yep. So he doesn't actually, by the way, you're going to want to have your volume on mute when you do open up that program for the first time. Won't not safe. Is it not safe for work? I won't spoil it for anyone, but if you have your wife in the room or, or anyone really, you might want to have the volume on mute. I've learned that the hard way. You can continue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, his program's not web-based, right? So he's actually like getting direct calls. Like he's calling every every second. Like it's going to be live to the second and he's obviously got direct plugins there. So it's a different type of odd screen. Something like Spanky's, Spank Odds is what it's called. By the way, just launched, available for free. Go check it out. Toss a big plug here. Um, I've used it myself as well. It's not, it's for a different type of better. I'll be very clear. If you're a recreational guy and you're used to the bet stamp odd screen, you're probably not going to like it. It's very much less user-friendly, but very much more powerful for doing the specific thing that Rob's about to describe. Right. And well, listen, I mean, if you're, 
if you're have a Don Best subscription, for example, yeah, then you got to move over, and you can get a free odd service that does the exact same thing. You're going to want to use the. Free I, odd I think Spanky would be offended if you said it did the exact same thing. Well, listen, I it's got yeah. a lot more features, and it's definitely a lot better because Don Best has way too many outages. Yeah, listen, I, I, there's features that I really like about Spank Odds, uh, particularly being able to customize like the, your true line or your consensus line based off of weighting different books. So rather than just having, you know, four books that you're consistently looking at, you can kind of do a weighting system. I think that's pretty cool. There's definitely unique features there. But overall, that is a type of odd screen where you're going to see how influential a line move is. So if something starts to light up across the board, it's being heavily bet everywhere, all at once. That's how you know that you need to get in on that like immediately, right away. If you don't do that while everything's lighting up, you're gone. And you're probably going to miss it like, you know, a, a fair amount of the time. Other times, you'll just see, you know, one game light, one sports book light up. They move their number. Now you can do some determination on whether or not you want to follow that. You might see a second book light up. Okay, two of them were sharp. Maybe there's a sharp play coming at another book. I should get down on it elsewhere at the recreational spots. Maybe three recreational books lit up. Uh, maybe I don't want to chase that or whatever. But you're processing information in real time is what it comes down to, or as close to real time as possible. The one thing, though, that people always ask me about is, and we did a, it would have been like when our first 10 episodes maybe, when we talked about when the screen gets faked, I don't know remember when we talked about that. A head fake? Why were you going to ask? What do people people always like, ah, I'm getting burned on these numbers. I'm, you know, I'm, following, I'm, I'm following this big line move. I end up getting a bad number. The most important thing, or it's, it's sort of, I don't want to say most important thing. It's something that you pick up over time, but it's paying attention to patterns. This is for a more seasoned better that has definitely looking at a screen for more often over the course of the day. But if you're betting, let's say, random example, MLB every single day and you were to notice a pattern of at this time every single day three games get bet and then an hour later the line moves the other way there's a decent chance that there's a group out there betting into lower limits to move the line in the direction that they want coming back on the other side at higher limits so I would say that you just kind of learn this through experience as you're watching a screen but you'll start to notice specific patterns. Oh, at this time, every single day, we start to see numbers move. Oh, is it a European group that's possibly betting it? Is it, you know, so on and so forth? Are we seeing it move back the other way? So you learn how to get out in front of numbers um, or recognize whether a move across the market is real or not, probably by getting burned a few times, but just by picking up on certain patterns. That's a more advanced concept Always happy to answer that stuff via DMs if everyone wants to ask me any specific questions out there. And it probably doesn't pertain to 98% of people listening. So I will, you know, not talk about it any further than that. But I think it's extremely important if you're going to put the time in to, to trading sports, being a sports better. You got your setup, you got your screens open and whatever. You have to pay attention to patterns. You'll start to pick up on a lot of these things naturally, but make note when you see four games move at once over the course of the day? Do they move at the same time the next day? Does it ever get hit back? Like market timing is extremely important. 
it's very, very important in this in this betting space. So just that's one thing to pay attention People to. People have asked me a lot recently, like, how do you actually read the screen? Like, how do you find the patterns? Like, you just go off memory and stuff like that? Or, like, you, you just see it come in a certain way every day? And I would say, like, biggest, biggest thing here is everyone's memory is different, obviously, right? You have people who actually have, like, straight oh this i know came in last week at four and the same thing's coming in for this golf tournament right now this must be this it must be this i'm gonna hit this right and there's people who can do that personally i can't um the almost a hundred percent of the stuff i've found in betting in terms of like how i how i learned like how did i learn betting when i was younger up to now and still learning very much was through analysis of my own bets so good point when I every single thing you do you have to track your bet and then you have to track the close on that and then you have to track how you're doing so then at any given time after you bet MLB for a month you can then go back and be like every time I bet in the morning at this book I get buried boom every time I bet at night at this other book 30% ROI so now you have those facts to come and now when you watch the screen now you're like it's a different game it's a different game okay morning this is the wrong side so if i'm getting buried at this book now it doesn't always work like that because there's a vig involved but if i'm getting buried at this book i'm talking negative 50 percent roi for two months morning plays buried at this book bad clv whatever now i know when i'm betting best number i shouldn't be betting that book i should be betting reverse I should be opposite team other books picking off other prices right. so that's how you actually learn you don't you could learn some people do learn via just like actual memory of watching numbers but I would argue, you know, probably 90 to 99% of the people who would actually do this don't have that photogenic of a memory or that intense of a thing where they can be like, yup, 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 got all this. So um, track your bets and like write down notes and stuff like that. And then next week, go back, refer to your notes, refer to your bets. And then in conjunction, now you're like, okay, I got all this info. Now let me look for these things and then you'll find them. You can't just find them. You don't really just find it on your own. This is a great point that you make. Um, using tags that are descriptive of why you made a bet are huge. And this was extremely helpful for me. So like morning play, injury news, uh, faded steam, stuff like that. You'll go because like, you know, fading steam is a great example, right? A lot of times people will be like, oh, this number moved too far. Now I'm going to play back on the other side. Okay, well, track how often you're successful in doing that. Like that's extremely important to know whether or not it did move too far or not, or if that's just like an opinion that could be invalidated. Um, and like if you're constantly losing, fading steam, then stop. If you're constantly winning, continue. If you're constantly losing, betting in the morning, then stop. You know, if you're getting bad numbers, stop. So I think... Using tags to determine the time that like why you made a bet and you can get as granular as you want. You can, it can be as simple as like morning game time, afternoon. It could be a reasoning as to why you played something it could be a number of things. But I think that that is when personally for me was like, I don't want to say it was a breakthrough moment, but it was definitely modified the way that I bet. Because you, you learn from that experience, right? I made 120 bets in hockey this year playing against this steam and I had a negative 10% ROI. Like maybe I should let those go next yeah. time and say that there's someone extremely sharp on the opposite side of the game and their opinion, you know, they might be seeing something that I'm not. It's fine to say that. Like, For sure. 
And it's also just bet type. It doesn't have to be just hockey. It could even be like, I am getting absolutely crushed on MLB totals, overs. Yep. What's wrong this year? What's happening? I got to cool off on that. I'm getting crushed on, like, even, even specific to, like, the timing of your bet, as Rob mentioned. Like, that's a big, big deal if you're betting consistently every day. Like, you might find that, like, every bet you make at, like, 7 p.m. that you're making at, on uh, one certain sports book is, like, you're just playing into the most sharpest, efficient market, and you're just losing the hold. Yep. Got to stop that. Uh, if you want, if you want to improve and be more, if, if I'm, if you're tracking seriously for NFL, I would track your results on every day of the week, because what we know over the course of a week for NFL is that limits progressively get higher. They start small, they increase on a daily basis. Friday after injury reports come out, there's going to be a rush into market. They're going to increase a little bit more. Saturday, you're going to increase. Sunday's going to increase. Track your record over the course of a week. You'll probably notice that you do better betting earlier on in the week, but there's going to be a lot of people who will notice that if they're betting on Saturday and Sunday, they're not finding a whole lot of success, or maybe they are, whatever the case may be. But that's like a very good indicator for you of, of bet timing for a weekly league. That's not daily, like major league baseball or NBA or so on and so forth. So there's so many things that you can do. And it's really not... You know, it's really not as much work as people think it well, is. Well, go to actually. So how do you track? How do you actually track? Go to BetStamp. I'm 100% certain it's the easiest way you're going to track your bets. I already tracked my bets like this and then turned that tool into BetStamp. I'm not telling you guys like, hey, use this product. Like this is exactly what you need to do if you want to win. Track them on BetStamp. Here's why. Number one, 20 of the 25 things you need to, you need to track are already now done for you. So you don't have to track close line value. You don't have to track what book, what time, all the stuff you bet are. Like that's done now. So like time of bet, done. What book, done. Um, closing line value, done. What team, what side, home dog, home favorite, all that stuff. Everything is done over, under. Or you can bucket it. Like if you're betting, let's say totals, now you can bucket like, okay, here's my record on over six and a half, over seven and a half, over eight and a half, everything bucketed for you. Okay, so also on top of that, all I would recommend is tag bet stamp so you like for example if you place that bet on a monday that would now be done for you the analysis tool is currently about like 65 percent done to one to where we want to get it and where we're going to get it in the next couple of months so right now you could obviously like there's ways that we're going to be launching where you can just do this all on site or where you can export your bets and do this analysis but whenever you track it it's obviously a timestamp to it so then you'll be able to say, here's all the bets I bet in the morning. Here's my MLB record morning, whatever. Build it in to your betting. I bet, I track. I bet, I track. I bet, I track. It's a little bit annoying. It's an extra step. That's going to make you so much money. It's make you more money than almost anything else you can do betting because you're actually going to get, you're going to sit. It's not even about making more. It's like you will cut out the stuff that is wrong right. way quicker. And cutting out something that's wrong it's a just as good advance, as making more. It's just as good. Like saving, like not losing 2000 is the same as making 2000. Agreed. So that's what I'd say in terms of tracking it. The only thing I'd add that you always have to manually put in, is we're never going to be able to automate this for you at BetStamp, is put in a tag. We, we allow unlimited tags and you can sort by tag. So add a tag for, I would say, let's say you're tailing someone's place. Tail Pozzola's place. Add a tag, Pozzola. Add a tag, this guy. Add a tag, um, injury news, all that stuff, add it. And then now you can then go back and sort by that record. So currently 
you'll be able to slice it like a thousand ways. We don't allow for you to check the time right now, time of bet. We don't have like this, the intricate slicers to like bucket by total. So like, let's say it was an NFL game. We don't currently have the function where you could bucket like 40, total of 47, 48, 49 into one. We will have that soon. By maybe end of season around there, we're going to have that data. So by putting it in now, you will it'll be the same data. Now you'll be able to slice it even further. You'll be able to see your record on like, when I bet on the Anaheim Ducks, this is my record. When I bet against the Anaheim Ducks, this is my record. Because now that it's in a system, like now that it's in a tool like BetStamp, game by game, all of that data now links from the web. If you're doing this on your own Excel sheet, the time it's going to take you to put in all of the data that we have access to pulling in one in a split second is going to be near impossible. You're going to have to put home team, Anaheim. Road team, New Jersey. Yep. Closing price, this. Opening price, this. Not only time that, I'll tell you this from experience. For those who've seen me in the past do talk about record keeping uh, in some of the media that I've done, you'll it's going to be equally a pain in the ass to set up all the formulas to calculate everything for you in Excel. Plus, you have to manually grade it as well. That's the most annoying part for me. You have to manually grade the Which, bet. by the way, absolutely sucks when you're losing. Like, you don't want to manually grade. You do not. I'm telling you from experience, when you're losing bets, you're going to put off grading for a couple of days. And then it's going to extend. And you're going to be like, ah, oh, I don't, I, is it even valuable for me to, you're going to convince yourself that it's not worth it because nobody wants to grade when they lose. So just let our platform do it for you. It's way easier. You'll get true results. Like, honestly, I value my time. I'm sure most people value their time. It's a huge time saver. Yeah. Honestly, I think we're good to close off there. You have we anything are. Anything else in the episode? A couple more things. We can close. Hit the music. I like to. I like when it plays in the background a little bit, Zach. I, 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 Wait, I have an amazing piece of advice. I literally have the best piece of advice I just thought of right now. Forgot. With the music in the background? No, 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 no. Regular. This is a serious one. Okay. Stop trusting the sports books to grade the plays correctly. There's automated systems. There's always going to be mistakes, okay? Now, it's not that they're doing it intentionally. Sometimes a play messes up. You don't get the correct grading, okay? If you don't track, out of luck. You may not realize that. Over the course of everything I've bet, you track that in your own system, and then you make sure in the morning or the, or the week, whenever you have a schedule, you make sure your account lines up. 100%, you need to do this, right? Because now, they might grade a player prop this guy, you bet this guy over 46 and a half uh, receiving yards. They might grade that as a loser. That's a now a double swing. You literally lost, let's say you bet 100 bucks on a $200 swing, 210 swing, whatever it must. If it's a $1,000 bet, you might have like a $2,100, $2,200 swing on that play where you own, that's your money. You won it. It's done, right? So you have to now go and message a sports book and say, hey, there's an incorrect grading on this play. And then 99% of the time, they're going to review it and say, yep, incorrect grading on this play. And they will fix it for you. And once they fix it, they should fix everyone else's. But for some plays, they don't fix them. So if you don't catch that, you will literally lose money, thousands of dollars. I personally have had to overturn, I can't even say an amount, I don't want to say amounts, but a very, very, very large amount of money would have been wasted out of my own pocket. My own money that was one fair and square would have been wasted due to technological sportsbook errors. So please track, sync, sync up. Whenever your thing is, just sync it up and be like, yep, this is correct. This is how much I should have won. This bet was graded correctly. Otherwise, you're honestly screwing yourself. Thank you everyone for supporting. No comment, on, no comment on that. I completely agree with you. I, I, like, 
I can, it, it actually rattles me a little bit because I can get into a rant of like the people who think that the sports books are just out to screw them. Like a lot of them is just like automated grading data errors where they grade something impossible. They're not. Sometimes like, oh, this guy, this player didn't get a snap. So I, or this player right. didn't, this player pinch hit and it didn't sink in the at bat because he, or maybe he came into the game as like a yeah. pinch hitter or as a substitute and they graded something incorrectly. Like you got to re- make sure that that's not affecting you. I agree. Uh, over 1K subscribers on our YouTube now, our Circles Off YouTube. Thank you, everyone, for the support. I like to think it's because of this beautiful banner we have at the top of our YouTube where it looks like we're having an absolute blast, me and you. I don't, producer Zach put that up there, but appreciate the, subscri- uh, the, the support. Subscribe uh, and hit that bell notification button. Also, we're taking requests for guests and for topics on our BetStamp Discord as well. So join the Discord. We have a Circles Off channel within there. If you want to see a topic covered, that's where we got the odd screen one. If you want to see a guest on the show that we haven't had, drop it in there. We do value the feedback. After 66 episodes, it's tough to come up with topics sometimes. So if you want to hear something, we'll gladly get to it. We'll make this uh, educational uh, podcast and a lot of people can learn stuff from it. Thanks very much. We'll catch you next week.